as part of our divine accelerator. Just a recap. One of the fundamental attributes that we are looking at is as a born-again believer, as a new creation, the experience of new creation has got some benefits that come with it. And one of those benefits and one of those facets that are built into your life as a believer is the life in the Holy Spirit. But sometimes the question is, who is the Holy Spirit? And sometimes it just comes on as a random word or a feeling or an atmosphere. Let me just challenge any of us in this place. How many of us felt a comfort that's unusual when you walked into the room and even as, as you're worshiping? Any? No. Someone. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Can I attest to you that that's the manifestation sometimes of the Holy Spirit? When God moves in a place, there are things that shift. As we study about the attributes of the Holy Spirit, as we study who He is, as we dig into what the Word defines about this gift that was given to the body of Christ, there are many things that begin to shift in our lives. And one of those things that begin to shift in our lives is our own bodies. The sensitivity of our own bodies move to a different dimension because of the presence of God that is in us. The moment you made that decision and you stepped into that place where you said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. The one who convicted, the one who spoke to you, the one who transformed, the one who changed, the one who touched your life is this Holy Spirit we are talking about. My brother, my sister, when God came in that day when he ministered to you, when he spoke to you, the one who convicted, the one who touched your life, the one who transformed, the one who took you from one level to another, the one who... Oh, mama, mama, he is the good God all by himself. He is the Holy Spirit. So we started talking about the Holy Spirit. Our best scripture would be John chapter 16. Uh, it's a long scripture, and I'll just read a few verses on it so that we, we, can, we, can, we can get on the subject that we are, we are covering today about the Holy Spirit. So firstly on verse 6, it says, But when the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth, who comes from the Father, he will testify and bear witness about me. But you will testify also and be my witness because you have been in me and from the beginning. That's... that's, that's there are some words that Jesus Christ used in there. He says, and from the beginning. One of the things that I want to challenge you is, God knew you before he created you. God knew you before you came into this world. God had an appointment with you. God had a purpose for you and me. God called you by name. The moment you were born into this world, you are actually an echo that responded to the creative word of God. You are faceted by the ability to absorb and to be consumed and to be part of what God intended. When Jesus Christ was talking to his disciples, he says, in, from the beginning, because from the beginning when you and me were an idea in the Lord's heart and God created us, he had a plan and a purpose. And one of those things that is important for us to realize is this is how unique we are. When you talk about the Holy Spirit, it's something that becomes far-fetched because sometimes we don't know our position. 
Pastor Victor was ministering last week about the new creation reality. That you're a new creation. The basis of being a new creation, what it actually facilitates is a new being that you are. You host the Holy Spirit. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. But for you to understand how to interact and coordinate and live life in a daily manner where you make use of the Holy Spirit that is in you, you have to understand him. Paul calls us to a point of study. He says, my brother, my sister, study to show thyself worthy or an approved workmanship. It means that he calls us to study. The word is studious, to dig in, to marinate yourself in the knowledge about God, to marinate yourself in this aspect of the Lord. So the challenge, is, the challenge that we face sometimes is we don't get to, get to do the extra step where we dig deep into the Word, where we let the Word marinate, where we let the Word transform, where we let the Word ooze out of us. Hey, When the Word of God comes in us, it has got a place that transforms. It has got a, a position that changes things, that changes dimensions. When the Word of God comes upon us, when the Word of God is in us and the Word of God oozes through us, sometimes the Spirit moves easily because you know and you are familiar with what he's doing. And that basis is important. That's why we need to take time and study and understand. It calls and it demands a dedicated moment of unraveling the secrets, the mysteries, the wisdom of God that are hidden in here. Wow. Seems I can just preach on that verse and just go on on that point only because God loves you. God has got a purpose for you and me. So I'll go on further. It says, but I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that, I'm, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. God says, I will send the Holy Spirit. I will send to you. Sometimes when we read the Bible, we read the Bible from a corporate point of view, where we are thinking about us as a holistic part. But today I want to challenge you to take it to another level and say, the Holy Spirit was sent for me. Because this is a relationship about you and God. This is a position about you and God. This is a position about your life. This is a position about your spiritual, your spiritual ability. This is a position about the dimensions that are open to you, but they are only unlocked by you. When we move from the realm of us sometimes to me, in relation to what God speaks to our life, a change happens in us. That's why when it comes to praise and worship, what makes it unique is when you decide to come and say, Lord, fill me up. We are here to worship you. I'm here to worship you. You have stepped from the dependence of all the other things and you're saying, Lord, deal with me as I am. So first, the Holy Spirit is a helper. He helps us. He helps us walk. He helps in my walk with God. He is my personal helper. One of the things you realize as you walk out of the door, you go to everyday activities, there are challenges you face in life. It can be finances, it can be relationships, it can be health, it can be 
It can, be, it can be growth, it can be development, it can be sickness. But when you start to realize the Holy Spirit as your helper, you have shifted. You have shifted your focus from your problems and you have said, Lord, you are my helper. Every situation you face in life sometimes is an opportunity for God to show up. How does God show up? Sometimes he shows up as your helper. And then the question comes, but how does he help me? He helps you. He helps you in different ways. He helps you by speaking to your life. He helps you by speaking to you through a small, still voice. The voice that when you're doing, when you're going through a season, he sometimes just says, it is well. And you just say, what was that? It's him. And when you recognize that's how he speaks, that's how he deals with us. That word begins to have value. That word, that word begins to grow from a point of recognition. There's someone who talked about the law of recognition. Whatever you recognize will work for you. If you don't recognize it, sometimes some blessings don't come out because you, don't have, you are not standing, standing in the position of recognition. But when we start to realize that we have a helper, an ever-present helper, prayer is something that is unique that God has given us. But how many of us have realized that sometimes when we pray, we can pray for some time and we feel tired. Or we run out of words. Or we don't know what to say. But when we call upon sometimes and you realize the helper that is available for us, our personal prayer life begins to change. Our personal prayer life begins to charge up. Our personal prayer life begins to just boost in different ways. Second, he is the comforter. He is the one who brings comfort. You might be going through things, loss, pain. Let's not undermine the pain or the realities in your life. But there's one person who can comfort you because they are in you. They are always next to you. They are in you. They are on your side. They are around you. And that's a comforter. When Jesus said to his disciples, you need the comforter. Because what they were getting into required comfort. The life of believing requires a position of comfort. The life of being in Christ requires a dedication or a dedicated comforter. Sometimes things get hard. Life beats you up. But when we stretch out and we get to the comfort of the Holy Spirit, things manifest differently. Things operate differently because we have taken time to recognize that we have a comforter. But your understanding of him as a comforter is crucial because if you don't see him as a comforter, his manifestation in your life as a comforter is limited. It's, it's like your revelation determines sometimes your experience. What you get out of the Lord sometimes is a function of what you put into the Lord in terms of study and understanding what it is. God will be saying, I've got this for you. I have a comfort for you. You're going through this broken relationship, broken, broken marriage. Life is tough. At work, things are not working hard. And God is saying, I have this for you. 
But the only way I can transmit it into your life is when you take time and recognize that I am your comfort. The Holy Spirit gives you that place where you are healing because you are in his comfort. The Holy Spirit gives you that place where you can lay your head in and sleep. How many of us remember the story of Peter, um, um, uh, Paul and Silas when he was in jail and they started praising at the midnight hour and the, 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 the doors of, of, of the jail opened. The commander who was in there was surprised. But one of the things that made it possible is because they sought after the Lord. They found comfort in the Lord. They found a place where things happened in the realm of the Spirit because they sought the comfort of the Lord. So the onus is between me and you to seek that comfort. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Technology has happened here. My, my laptop just uh, did something. <laughs> We're back. So, second is the advocate. When you study this, it's, this, this is a broad subject. I'm trying to compress it as much as I can. At the same time, compress it in a way that is absorbable. There are many scholars, Jewish scholars that have gone around actually talking about the way we talk about the Holy Spirit as the advocate. One of the comparisons that they do is they compare when the, when the book of John was written in context with the main three cultures. The Roman culture, the Jewish culture, the Greek culture. And one of the things you find about this advocate and advocates is there is, difficult, there is a difficulty in separating the advocate side and the intercessory side. Because the advocate comes in and speaks on your behalf while it's at the same time. The intercessory part means that he is bridging the gap and allowing you to be represented spiritually, to be represented before the Lord. So that privileges that are due to you can come your way. When the accuser rises up and wants to fight your life, he himself, the Holy Spirit, becomes an advocate, an intercessor who speaks and who prays for you, who stands in the gap in different situations, in different areas of your life. But the only way he gets to do that is when you allow him to. There are many battles we fight which become our battles because we don't understand that we have got an advocate and an intercessor who is standing on our behalf to deliver what the king is is, is delivering, is, is, is giving us. We have got an advocate that represents us every day, every hour, that is standing up for me and you. When you say, Lord, I am looking at this opposition at work, sometimes you don't know what to do, you don't know how to do it. Lord, I've been a Christian as much as I can. But why is it that the flood of pain comes upon my life? Why is that the progress I need is not coming in? The key is sometimes realizing that Holy Spirit, you are my anchor. You are my advocate. You are my intercessor. I rely on you. When you rely and recognize him, things begin to flow. I think I've done a recap there. <laughs> so today we're going to look at the Holy Spirit, my counselor. It's amazing what God wants us to be and how God is viewing our lives. God realizes that you and me requires counsel. We need the counsel. 
Sometimes the counsel we have with different parties in our lives, different friends, different strengths that come into our life, but their purpose is to give counsel. And God has deposited himself in you to be your counsel. Sometimes you're doing business with a normal way that the channels that you have seen. You have been told, if you do this way, the stock market will work this way, or when you get to this product, it will work this way, or it won't work that way. But sometimes when you take time and you seek the counsel of the Lord, we raise children in a different environment, my brothers and my sister. There is a demand for their lives. But who is your counsel? Or knowing how to implement the ways of the Lord in your family, in your business, in your everyday activity, in your marriage. He is the counselor. Guess what? My counselor. It shifts when we see him as is to the position of my The moment we bring him into a personal level because we have got access to him 24 hours a day. We seek his counsel. Young man, young lady, you don't know what to do. Don't know what to do with your body. You like this girl. I feel I need to go that way. You don't know what to do with your career. You don't know what to do with the relationships around you. Seek the counsel of the Lord. The Holy, there is no junior Holy Spirit for kids and senior Holy Spirit for the old. The Holy Spirit is there for each and every one of us and is in your situation. So sometimes we eliminate our situations and we separate them from context because we feel that he doesn't fit in this context. And we've contextualized where he fits in. I like to give this, this illustration where... We, in our world, we've created a certain space that is defined. Think of it, just imagine a space that is open. And we've created a container around our lives that this is who we are, or a silo. But one of the things that we do is we say God who is infinitely defined from this. From, just think of it, God is, is infinitely defined. He is everywhere, He's everything. We say, Lord, come and fit into this silo. And he says, I am more than that. I am around you. I am around what you think you're protecting yourself against. I'm around what you're facing. Because when you create a silo, if you think of it, when you go through issues, we create a hedge around ourselves to protect ourselves, right? From hurt, from pain. But if you really look at it, we are actually defining our parameters where we, and we are not allowing God to define our parameters. Seek the counsel of the Lord. Career, seek the counsel of the Lord. I'll give you a testimony of my life. One of the things that happened to me years ago, I got a job offer in, um, back home where I come from in Zimbabwe. And during that time, that was lucrative. And God said to me, someone would say, but how did he say to you? <laughs> But I had a witness in my heart that I needed to move to another place. And I moved to that place. And because I moved to that place, there were many things that opened in my life. 
Not because I did a smart move. Not because I stepped on something intellectually only, but I relied on God. Because there are situations in your maturity that will come in where the intellect says, the pros are this, the cons are this. What do I do? What step do I take? What direction do I go? What do I choose? The reality of it is when we seek his counsel, when we rely on the Holy Spirit, when we, when we release God to be God in our lives, some things begin to move. The whole story about the Holy Spirit is about what God is doing in your life. Do you know one of the missions that people forget about the Holy Spirit is to prepare you and me for the coming of the Lord. Such that we can be presented as a worthy bride before the throne of God. That's his purpose. I call the Holy Spirit the director of the church. I call the Holy Spirit the executive of the church. The one who determines the functions, what's happening in the church. The one who operates and coordinates. And one marvelous thing about him is he is of over the church, yet he is in you. Simultaneously, we have the Holy Spirit filled up in our lives. But when we realize that he's not bound by time and space, things begin to move differently. Every anchor we look at is bound by news, by facts, by all the information around you. But look at it this way. He, you have the Lord who is the counsel of the kings and the world in you. He has been given for you and me. He has been given for our he has been given for our growth, he has been given for our development, he has been given for our transformation. Can I get a hallelujah somewhere? Because this God I'm talking about is a God who is alive, who wants to meet you at your point of need. This God I'm talking about is a God of transformation. This God I'm talking about is a God of life himself. When he breathes and hovers over you as a counsel, sometimes you just don't know what has happened, but oh, I got an idea. I remember I was working on one mine in, in Congo. I was called in for a call out around 11. And people will be telling you how many millions they are losing per hour. <laughs> and I had a problem with a system that was not registered before. It had not been seen. I went into the forums. It was a Siemens system for someone who is curious. The problems have not been seen. The challenges have not been seen. So there was no solution to it. If you remember, when you turn out your computer and it says, update, <laughs> waiting for it to finish, right? But in this case, this update did not exist. The mind needed to run, and they're saying, yeah, man, you're an expert, you're a consultant. Give us solutions. I said, Lord, speak to me. My heart got desperate. My desire expanded. He came to my rescue. I solved the problem. The system started running. It was not logic. It was actual firmware of the system that broke down. It's patented, closed in and out. You can't get in. But God gave me an idea. I put it in place. It solved the problem. Am I talking? Am I being real? This is what we are called for. Ah, can I talk to you, young man? 
You see these games, these videos, these things that are happening. But you know God has given an ability to you, young man, young lady, to be an inventor of something that makes a change. Can I challenge you today that every time you see something, be inquisitive about how it was made. Because let me tell you something. You have the God that has got the substance that makes things happen, that makes the things work. I remember I was having a discussion with one friend of mine. Uh, we were doing some, I was doing some research and he's, uh, he, he's, he's a senior in terms of research. And one of the things he said, I remember those words, he says, you just marinate yourself in a certain position and you don't know what's happening, to be honest. And one day as he was showering, the next thing, oh, he's thinking about a solution. And then he tabulated the solution. It was uh, one pattern he did. I'll just give you an, a story around it. It's, a, it's, a, it's around hydrogen. And then the thing came into manifestation in his life. Just He came, he developed the formulas, he developed this, and it came to be a product. There are patterns that exist. But one of the things that people don't realize is in that specific situation environment, sometimes God deposits something in our creative being. He cancels our creative structure and he gives something that is unique to life. When you and me move from the realm of the ordinary and realize that, the things we do and the things we come for in the house of the Lord are not limited to the house of the Lord, but they impact every day life, every fiber of your being. When you speak in a place, whoa, the opposition you get, you say, God, am I a Christian or not? How many of us have been there? Am I being real today? But guess what? It's because of the life of God in you. There are systems in different places that have been exalted. By you getting in there, you bring the very life of God. You bring the very essence of God. And when you come in, opposition will come in. Opposition comes in. But you know one of the first things we do? We go back to us. What have I done? That's when you need to step out and say, Lord, I seek your counsel. You are my counselor. How do I deal with this situation? Someone is praying for a job where they are not going to be harassed. It might never exist because of what is on you. It might never come. Some of us are in business and you're always getting competition when you come up with an idea. Yes, that's what it is because of your creative life. Someone is sitting down every day studying how you do things because they know there's a life in you that you don't even know yourself. When you touch some things and you arrange some things, they just work and someone wonders, but how and why? And they wonder. When we step out, my brothers and my sisters, when we get to the level where we want to see God as our counselor, it makes a difference. He is my counselor, my mentor. He will teach you all truth. The other portion says, lead you into all truth. Let's play with English here. It's not my first language, but I can play with a few words. Lead you into all truth. Teach you into all truth. Do you, do you get the comparison of the word? He will lead you. 
So if you have got a leader, does it mean that you sit back and the leader just goes ahead? It means you follow. God has called me and you to follow him, to follow his counsel, to follow his direction. And one of the things that I want to, I want to, I want to encourage the body of Christ today is when the Holy Spirit speaks, respond to him implicitly. That's what trust is. As we're worshiping today, there was so much of the presence of God. The presence of God should not end in this setup. Let's take the presence of God out there. When we get in a place because we witness with God, we, we, we resonate with the same life of God, we get in a place. May things start begin to turn around just because you are there. Turning around does not mean it's, it's, it's always measured in the success that is attributed to you, but attributed to God because he is God all by himself. When you step in and someone hears your voice, the question, what is that that person has? I want it because it's filled with the fullness of God. <clears throat> God has called us to that. <clears throat> He's my confidant. Confident was changed later on. It was it used to be an E there coming from the French. The word confidence, if you look at it, some people could break it down into two, con and then fident. Con means bringing two things together. All right? Then when you talk about corn, that's why you say uh, where the rivers meet, you use corn and oak. He is my confidant. The reason he becomes your confidant is because you are assured of his character. You are assured of his promise. You are assured of his love. <clears throat> when we move to that level, when we move to that level of understanding that he is our confidence because we are clear and understand his character. His character is saying, I'm your helper, I'm your counsel. And we gain a place of confidence because... Of one thing, we understand his character. That's why the walk of faith says, faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is the substance of things hoped for. Because you are trusting the one who supplies, the one who provides. Pastor Victor mentioned that we operate from a position of faith. Because we are assured of his character. We are assured of where we are placed in the Lord. By virtue of us sitting and standing in that place we understand his, where we understand his character and his being, where he is the counselor, we move to a different dimension of expectations and seeing things. When it comes to the moment of worship and prayer, it becomes something different. When it comes to the position of personal development, it becomes something different. The question you ask is, Lord, where are you taking me? What are you doing? Next one is the advisor. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 19, it actually gives an interesting one. It says, you can read it on, on your spare time. It says, great in counsel and mighty deed. <clears throat> Defining God as great in counsel, because this is who he is. He wants to be woven in every fabric of your life. He wants to be part of what you're doing every single day. It doesn't mean he wants to be nosy, but he wants that. One of the things that you find sometimes when we pray, 
And there's a presence of the Holy Spirit. One thing that is imminent is that there is healing. There is healing. There is always healing. But we don't stretch out at times to receive it. Sometimes we just need to stretch out and say, Lord, heal me, or if you're not well, or believe God for something in that moment. Because he is the provider in that situation. And it comes back to us. The onus is on me and you to go back and say, Lord, you are my God. I want this. He gives guidance. Guide, teacher, trace the path. The definition of one of the words that, that you've got guidance is, it's almost like you've got a template, a blueprint, where God sometimes gives you a blueprint of something. Right now, you might be going through a different phase in your life, but go and look for the God's blueprint. How do I make music in a noisy environment? The questions we ask sometimes create opportunities. How do I make solutions where things are closed, where the economy is saying no? How do I cure cancer? Someone is now scared because your fear grips you when you hear the word cancer, right? But when we get to a point where we realize that we are co-laborers with God and God is here to deliver life, we go back and inquire of the Lord the solutions that are needed to solve certain problems. It is a problem. There is a need for healing. When we go back to that level and say, Lord, we call you, Lord, we want you, Lord, help us deal with this problem, things shift. Paul ministered in partnership. One of the rich scriptures is on 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you go through 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it's from 2 to verse 16. It's rich in what the Holy Spirit is. He's the strengthener. He searches our hearts. Someone says the Holy Spirit is the magnificent search engine that exists. He searches the Lord. He says, who has known the Lord except his Spirit? But the Spirit searches the internals, the abilities, the, the, the intrigues of, of the Lord. He searches. He goes in. He looks for the word that is essential, the word that is necessary for us. A prophetic word in essence sometimes is a word that God goes into the future and brings, you, brings to you in the now. So that when you go into the future, you've got a weapon to use to fight whatever you're going to face in the future. He does that. He searches. He constantly searches. But we have to yield to his search. It comes back to you and me. I've said a lot of things about the Holy Spirit, but there's some things that have ministered to you. I don't know what they are. And you feel that your life has been dry, you know? You want this touch. You want this relationship where you get the counsel of the Lord in a click of a second. You feel that you've gone through a dry patch where your life is just feels like dry bones, yet you've got the life of God in you. I just want to encourage you. I just want to come to church to stand up on our feet and as we come to a close. In this moment, 
We need to go back to that point. You might be going through things in life, I don't know, but you might want some refreshment. You feel that the joints are not moving as they need to in this season, and you want the refreshing touch of the Lord. He's here to touch you and to minister to you. And also, the Holy Spirit comes to us when we get born again. What does that mean? The moment there's a day and a time where you might have or you will say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. You might be here in this place and you, have not, you don't have this relationship with the Lord. You don't have this connectivity with the Creator. And you want to have that life. With every eye closed, every head bowed, every Christian praying, if you are here and you want to have this relationship with the Lord, just lift up your hand so that we can pray together, so that we can acknowledge and see that. If you are here and you want that relationship, I see that. Thank you. Is there another hand somewhere there where you want to have this relationship with God first? Because God is here for you. But when we step out, when we make a choice, when we say, Lord, come into my life, be the Lord of my life, things begin to happen. I'll pray. I'll lead you in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you today. We want to thank you for your kindness. We want to thank you for your mercy. We want to thank you for your presence. We want to thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're at work in us. You're at work amongst us today. For my brothers and my sisters, thank you for a new beginning. Thank you for refreshment. Thank you for life, Lord Father.